You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the, uh, the early Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with the silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, good morning. Say hello, sir. Hello. Good morning. Never try to click buttons while yeah. trying to count backwards while your co-host is waiting for you to count backwards to synchronize because yeah, that apparently was... <laughs> I cannot juggle and walk at the same time. <laughs> I was, it usually gives a countdown, and this time it was like, all right, five, two, three, wait, <laughs> two? And I was like, I'm just going to hit the button. I think we're just yes. going to go forward. Audience go. understands. Uh, excellent. Welcome to this very early, not very early, but this early show. Uh, we had to... Uh, in order to get a show in, we needed to start a half hour early because I have to, I have to be on kid watch, uh, kid watch for a little bit before then I run to a show. We got we got double booked today with just like stuff happening. So crazy! Um, yeah. Welcome, Glammy. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome everybody. Um, I this is a this is an awkward uh, t- topic Transition. of conversation because <laughs> I don't think we really have a lot to talk about uh, news wise. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit more on that pocket design challenge because I was really excited about it Mm. last week and that's the drive through RPG is doing that. Um, and this is more just like, I'm learning a little bit about myself as a writer, I guess, (laughs) is that I really like dice mechanics. And so when this design challenge came up, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do this and I'll build characters like this. And that's so cool. And then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, but what, what's what's the story? What are they trying to do? Like, what's the objective of your game, Jordan? And I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I got better from being sick, and then my play started up again. We have our final three performances this weekend, so I've been uh, performing a lot, and, and now I'm tired. So right. hopefully I'll be able to revisit this in July and then get it uh, get something put together for this uh this challenge because i think it'd be fun to finish it so yeah yeah i always i we talk a lot about mechanics off stream too quite often and so it doesn't surprise me that when you're getting into the minutia of dice mechanics and things you could do or or a cool way to do a check or a challenge Mm -hmm. or uh what's going to be fun for the players at the table and interacting with the dm and how are the dice going to interject something in there? That makes total sense that you love that piece. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and thinking, then you just kind of get to, what's the world doing? Uh, you know, it's a world. Like, fantasy. I don't know. Isn't it's that the player's magic? job? Right? Like, yeah. don't they, like, go walk around and come up with stuff? Don't they adventure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I and I think our, our cliff is also another perfect yeah. example of this, where I'm really excited about how this will work. But, yeah, like, but yeah, what's the there? You're like, I don't know. It's a physics. cliff. Like, yeah. It's just kind of cool. So, yeah. um, it's the visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I and and I think about. I was actually uh, got a bunch of adverts today about Critical Role and uh, mm. the One Dimension DM who is he was part of uh, he's part of that LA group that does um a I think not Funny or Die but they have a college humor i think it was like a bunch of college humor people um that started a D group and he's their their dm and he's currently doing a critical role like one shot in the uh the before times of critical role uh now i gotta look oh yeah up. like the cataclysm um, yeah brennan sorry, lee yeah. mulligan brennan. that's right yeah and i was thinking about him and a lot of other dms that i actually kind of admire and they are very story driven and then I think about me, and I'm like, there's probably a reason I'm very drawn to pre-made adventures, because I'm very, I like mechanics. And I'll change those adventures as I see fit, but I don't sit home and I'm like, man, I want to run them through this giant uh, thing that I wrote up. And I don't know, and I've never written like a book. I was never really a short story kind of person. Right. Uh, but again, this kind of comes back to uh, like the acting and the directing that I like to do, because I like to take these plays and as a director especially you're like i'm gonna put my spin on it and i'm gonna do it how i want and i feel like i'm the same way when it comes to uh role-playing games and there's a reason that i like having these pre-made adventures and stuff so um i don't know uh 
funny thoughts. I'm just learning a little yeah. bit more about myself, I guess, every day. All of us are. <laughs> yeah. Have you decided on your, your role mechanic that you're going to use and run with for that? Yeah. So I um, – and I, I, I would – I need to copy it down into like a Google doc or something so I can actually mm-hmm. like format it. But I was reading a um, old school essentials zine. They came out, I think it's called the carcass crawler and they have a, they have a three of these that have come out so far. Well, they have a issue zero that was part of my um, Kickstarter and then issue one and two have come out. And I don't remember where this is in, but it's, they they were talking about an alternate system for um, thief checks in like original D and D because original D and D your thief checks you would use percentile dice mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like I don't want to use percentile dice because it's just I don't know like they don't want to so they made it an easy D six system so you have like a one in six chance or a two in six chance so um, I want to have like three stats and it's basically going to be like or maybe it was four stats I don't remember but like like strength or fighting or physical stuff and then um intelligence and then like agility basically those are the ones i want so how how well can you dodge out of stuff how well can you like attack something and how well can you figure stuff out and then uh you have five ranks that you can put into all of those so a starting character will get a certain number of points and you can assign those points however you want but you're setting yourself up to say whenever there's a check uh, to roll the dice, you're going to look and say, well, I have a two in six chance of succeeding because I've got two points in my D6. So if I roll a one or a two, I succeed. If I roll anything else, I fail. Um, and you can get up to the point of a five in six chance, which is really great, but you always have that, that success or that ability to fail. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted items in the game to help you out. So like, a perception is like, oh, I can't see very well. But if I have a flashlight, okay, that'll give you a plus one. And the idea is if you ever get to six, like if you somehow get to six, like you automatically succeed, but whatever helped you is broken. So like my flashlight would break. Like I would mm-hmm. super succeed, but it would break and I can't use it anymore. Um, and I thought that would be fun, but I still don't know. So it's just a simple like mm-hmm. D6 mechanic. Yeah. Uh, but I like that I can say, well, I'm really strong, but I'm not smart. And then players get to choose how they want to put their points in. Do you want to be average? Do you want to be like really good at agility, but you're really terrible at everything else? Uh, and so that's the plan or that's the, the, the beginning idea of it. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Those little, um, short RPGs, one page RPGs, you know, s- shortened RPGs, three page RPGs, all these yeah. contests and stuff that, I think they're really cool because they drive creativity and innovation. And I always yeah. like to see, you know, some of the things that pop out on them. And I think they're short enough and easy enough that you can really play test them pretty quickly. You could play a session with them with friends very quickly. It's not like if you're going to build, if me and you were going to sit down and say, okay, we love Dungeons and Dragons, but now it's time for Jordan and Lucian to build their tabletop role-playing game that's a book, right? That's a 600 page book. Cause we're going to be like, here's this and here's all this. Yeah. And you can't get to playing and testing with your friends on that until you've worked for a while on all of that stuff. But on a one page RPG, you can write that up and you can try it next week, you know, yeah. and, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a great on. way so to test cool. out uh, new ideas, you know, yeah. a, a one page RPG. And I also think it's a good place to start foundationally. If you want to expand, like I'm, I've, I've been reading a lot of RPGs in my career of tabletop stuff, or whatever the career I have. Um, and uh, I guess uh, Tiny Dungeon is a really good idea, where Tiny Dungeon has a very simple mechanic of, like, you always succeed on a five or a six. And that's the very simple mechanic. But yeah. from there, the the latter half of the book is like... And then as we played this, we realized, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And they made all of these other kind of um, additions to the rule. And if you think about D&D 5e, it's like, well, you roll a D20, and if you hit a certain number, you succeed. And it's like, oh, that's simple. And then it branched out into even more like, well, but you have an advantage. Or, oh, you yeah. have like a bonus at night. Or you have this. Or who knows, you mm-hmm. know. Proficiency, we'll add that as well. Yeah. Um. And so my point, all great games start 
with just like mm-hmm. a simple mechanic and then build a simple game around that and then go play. So Yeah. I wonder too if like, uh, cause sometimes this is right up the alley of like Lex or Ben. Um, and I just could imagine those two coming up with some interesting, they already do and they already oh, yeah. build RPG games. But when you confine even their creativity to, okay, a one pager, I wonder what kind of cool thing they would do or what new thing yeah. they would try to. So that'd be yeah, a cool, Ben, cool Ben Milton, uh, Quest and Beast, he's currently yep, working on a second edition of his game, Knave. Oh, that's um, And Knave, I want to say it's one page, but I think that's Maze Rats. So he originally wrote Maze Rats, which is a one-page RPG, mm-hmm. very simple, very fun, just a dungeon crawler kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Knave was the expansion on top of that, kind of a, of like, oh, if I wanted to make this a little more complicated, how could I do that? And he did. Um, and yeah, Knave's very popular in the <laughs> OSR sphere. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a fun game. Yeah. Um, speaking of game design, uh, someone in our Discord, we, they were talking about trying to come up with like a game mechanic and things like that. And last week we were talking about how uh, Monty Cook Games is opening up the Cypher system to mm-hmm. uh, the open gaming license or the, yeah. And so you can go and, and make content for the Cypher system, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I love that system. Yeah. And I do too. I think it's really cool. And mm-hmm. I, I thought it was weird. I was like, oh, it's, it is closed. That's weird. Like they just, they were in house for 10 years and it was just like, mm-hmm. we just make stuff for our things. Um, they, someone in, in our Discord pointed me out to a website called theopengamingnetwork.com that lists every OGL for role-playing games that we know of kind of a thing. Or, like, the not the most have popular ones, but just, like, yeah. legally, here are the ones that have said you, you can make whatever you want with it. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And there's a lot in here, like the Traveler, Space wow. Traveler game, SRD, 5th Edition, Dungeon World... 13th Age, uh, D20 Hero, D20 Pathfinder, um, Gumshoe, which is uh, a detective kind of one that Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with because somebody took the SRD and made Bubble Gumshoe, which is like (laughs) kid detectives, which was really cute. Um, Starjammer, which was a... a, I think that was an old... uh, I think Modifius has it now. Yeah, something. But like you... Spelljammer was very much like a play on this, or this was like I don't know, but yeah, oh, I'm thinking so. I'm, I, may, I might be thinking of Mindjammer. Modifius might have a game called Mindjammer. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah, this is an older one that I want to say was TSR, but I could be wrong. That I don't remember. Might be that makes more sense. Okay, but Starjammer, yeah. So there's a lot. My point, yeah, I guess. Uh, Fudge uh, D20 anime is on here. Pathfinder Two and things like that. So uh, check out. Like the Open Gaming Network, that's really cool, and um, it looks like they have a store, the Open Gaming Store, that has stuff. I don't know. I didn't look at this as mm-hmm. closely as I should, but my point: <laughs> you don't have to reinvent the wheel. A lot of us, myself included, like when I was working on modular D six, that kind of fell by the wayside. Um, I was trying to reinvent the wheel every single time. Like I'd read all about this and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hack it, but I'm going to do it this way. And I'm going to do it this mm-hmm. way. And it's like, you know, the more I was thinking about it, I was like, I could still do all of these things that I want to do. I could still even publish this, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like there's only so many ways to roll dice. And a lot of these people mm-hmm. have um, made it very available. So, and you yeah. can't copyright dice rolls apparently. So. That makes sense. Dicing games, probably. Yeah, the dice person. Yeah, that makes sense. That is very cool. Um, yeah, the, I would say really even the only news we have is just the book releases this week. So 6.19, we'll get the new... Uh, we were talking about Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel last you know last week. And so in your game stores, you should be picking that up. Or it's coming from Amazon if you've ordered that. Um yeah, that's and then just all the. Uh, well, that's July, right? Oh, I was thinking six. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, yeah. So that's next. One month. more month. Sorry, we're a month away. <laughs> One more month. And then all the right, new starter set get... is August first, and then August sixteenth is Spelljammer. Yeah. Um, I do think Journey of the Radiant Citadel got pushed back, though. I believe yeah, I it was we... supposed to be either the beginning of July or yeah. So I'm not really sure. Yeah. So. 
But other than that, um, and yeah, we when we were looking and talking about the show, kind of a, even just not much was out there. When I was going through Twitter, it's been kind of a little quiet as far as anything going. You know, um, there was the survey a couple weeks ago that got released, and was that the giant survey? Few, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was just a few videos released out on the sites. Um, you know, Critical Role is in there. It's all about uh, Vecna lately. Like, yeah, because lots of, of Vecna yeah. stuff. Yeah. Have you caught up on Stranger Things? Or I'm going to binge watch it, and I have not. And I want to watch it like back to back to back. And I'm just waiting to, to grab a chunk of one of my days or two days where mm-hmm. I can just sit and say start and not leave until I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. It's, I'm savoring uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I won't ruin anything, but I, I did want to talk about streaming services for a second. Because like, oh, uh, sure. Obi-Wan came out. Yep, um, and a couple of other stuff. And I was, I don't know if you, if you guys are movie fans, you should probably check out the YouTube show, Red Letter Media. Um, mm-hmm. They're very popular, but they <laughs> review all kinds of movies and stuff. And they're just very cynical people. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't always agree with them. I'm not saying that yeah. they're like my go-to, but they are very enjoyable to watch in how they approach media and movies. Yeah. And they were talking about like Stranger Things and they were talking about Obi-Wan and stuff in, in one of their latest episodes. And I watched the first episode of Obi-Wan and I was so bored. I'm like, oh, what boy. is this? Like, I don't want to <laughs> watch this. This is so boring. And then their like review of it was like, you know, they, they have an idea for a show and it's almost like Disney's like, okay, you have two hours worth of content, but we need to make it six hours because they want like six episodes or something. And so they just stretch it out and you're like, nothing's happening. And then when they, when they said that, I was thinking about Stranger Things and I was like, yeah, you know, this latest season kind of feels like it could have been a really concise, like four or five episodes, uh, but then they've now made it like 10 or, or eight. Yeah. I don't know. And there were a few episodes where I'm like, what are we even doing? Like, get to the interesting part. Like, you are on a journey. Like, why are we Why are we stopping at Rivendell when we need to get to Moria? Like, I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting because they're talking about the rise of streaming. And we don't really understand media creation for a streaming service. Because yeah. before, it's like, I need you to really enjoy this movie. So you will pay me money to go watch a movie. Or I need you to stay glued to your seat so you watch the advertisements in front of you on a TV. But now with streaming, it's like, well, we have your money. Here's content. We don't. Ca- they don't care if you watch it. They have your money. Mm-hmm. And so they'll stretch it out. But the idea of like, wow, six episodes of Obi-Wan as opposed to two episodes of Obi-Wan, which is kind of like what it should have been in a way. I haven't finished Obi-Wan. Maybe it redeems itself. I shouldn't say anything. But uh, I thought that was interesting. And how is that going to impact our consumption of media going forward and stuff? And I don't know. Made me also, to link it back to RPGs, made me think of we have these big uh, adventures from Wizards of the Coast and how inaccessible they are to a lot of people because they're like, well, I don't have time to play all of this and things like that, where (laughs) I would kind of like that we would go back to the little like 30 page adventures. But I guess that's what the DM Guild is for. So I don't know. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, just came all full circle. All that. around. <laughs> Jordan's been thinking. Funny. I'm gonna let just let that say. I'm still watching Obi Wan. Um, I think too that we we have this just to throw a comment in. We've been spoiled with some really really good stuff, and I think what it's done is it keeps raising what our standards are for when we hear about the next show or the next thing that's coming. Yeah. That's and true. we hold it to that. So when I'm watching Obi-Wan, I'm holding it to the standard of The Mandalorian. And I love The Mandalorian. Right? I thought that so, was very That might well not paced, be fair. Yeah. That might not be as fair to Obi-Wan because, you know, already my bar is super high because it was so good. That's what I want. Or like mm-hmm. even in movies, you start to get comic book movies that are so good. Now all comic book movies have to be that good. Or you get to a... Uh, science fiction or a horror movie and this one was really good and now all of them have to kind of meet that and I wonder if we've got so much content that comes to us and, and 
there's a lot of good stuff, but there's also all that riffraff in there that yeah. you just have to wade through. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think of uh, oh yeah, I didn't watch Hawkeye, and I and I haven't watched Ms. I Marvel yet. I but, just I've watched one episode of that. But speaking of pacing, Loki, I feel, and WandaVision were very well paced. Where like every episode was just like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen next? And I never felt like they were dragging it out. So uh, to your credit, you are right. It's probably a, a show by show basis, and I need to like let it go. Yeah. Um, but and I've heard some people say what you just said, but the opposite, where they thought WandaVision started slow for them, but it, it built up and it finally was pretty good. And then the same for Loki. But obviously that storyline hit you perfectly and it was paced the way, you know, it was a great story for you. Whereas somebody else might be like, hey, this one's not quite where it's at. So, But I love all of them. And I think that I do, I do think they care about um, their shows because I think they're trying, they're still trying to prove they're as good as the the movie studios. And I still feel like they have that little chip on their shoulder that says, you know, we can build something like an HBO or we can build something like a um, a Paramount or any of the, the big things and these Netflix and Hulus and, you know, all these people that are just like, our shows are good too. You know, they're like, they want to show some good stuff, but they do create a lot of content. So there's, there's always going to be misses in there too. So yeah, Disney for it's sure can, can definitely jump on that. Yeah. But things um, like Netflix is putting out like arcane and putting out things like mm-hmm. death and, in, in something in robots is yeah, Death, Love, and good. Robots, or Love, Death, and so, Robots. Yeah, so they're putting out just some really good... Castlevania. I just watched the third season of Castlevania. If you want to see deep Dungeons and Dragons, get to the episode where Alucard is fighting an army in the woods. It's full-on rocking Dungeons and Dragons. It's a Dungeons and Dragons session in full anime. <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah, um, there's some good stuff out there. I thought when you were talking about the Giants... Uh, survey um that i was like wasn't there another one and everyone in the chat is like no there's a how how to play survey so they also did like oh, how do you I'm... just play D? like what one. are your yeah. D expectations survey that went out um which is interesting because that's also the we're going to push uh or how are how are six edition going to come into play and so yeah and um, i think they do this style one once a year they kind of put out this big overarching kind of survey and i think i did see that one out there uh and i think ted did it live he like went through and stuff so <laughs> kind of like never fill them out jordan doesn't even fill them out. i don't Follow and them? i don't i don't know why i guess i should but like it's kind of weird that you just give free um marketing to a company but at the same time they're making the thing that you're excited for but then also the more i get into the osr sphere i'm like why don't you just make the thing you're excited for so i don't know but all the uh, memories they've given you it's true all the memories all the friendships you've built (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe the real treasure was the friendships we made along the way um free rpg days next week there you can go to freerpgd.com um and they will have sneak peeks at what you can uh pick up for free um you can find out if your retailer uh subscribes to this i guess um so i know that a lot of people or a lot of uh companies participate um, I think WizKids is participating by having, um, like, a miniature that you can get, which is kind of cool, like, to, to cool. paint and stuff. I know that Goodman Games is doing it. They're, they have a Dungeon Crawl Classic Zero level funnel that will be there. Uh, Modifius has, um, uh, oh, Homeworld Revelations. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, Magpie Games has Root. They're always doing that every year. Yeah. Um, but there's some, like, terrain and miniature stuff this year, too, so... Be sure to check that out. I'm going to go after our show on next Saturday and maybe, I don't know, I should like live stream or something from my phone. That would be kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I will be out next Saturday. So a cool, interesting stream. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're gone, then maybe I'll, uh, I'll run over there. Yep. Another fighting event for me in armor. So excellent. There being a, being a knight. (laughs) <laughs> and then in July 16th is DCC Days. I would also recommend that you go out and do that because lots of fun stuff. And then 
August will hit, and Lucian and Jordan are going to Gen Con 2022, they uh, officially, I think they are requiring masks now. They always have been. Um, well, yeah, since yet. the pandemic. But, like, I, there was, like, some, are they going to not require masks and stuff like that? And, and then, you yeah. have to show proof of vaccination. Vaccination, yeah. Is what I've seen. So I'm a little nervous, though, because I got a press badge. And they won't mail me my press badge. I have to go show up and knock on a, a secret door or something. No, it's not secret. But I have to go get it there. So I'm a little nervous because I'm like, well, what if I go all the way there? And I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that badge for you. I'm like, but, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I need it mailed to me. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think um, I can't wait. It's earlier in August, so it's still going to be hot. Um, but, man, there's so many things going on that I'm excited about and so many things I want to do. And I know a lot of I've seen some fans that are going, some people on the Discord that are going. I've got friends that I think are going. We have some friends that I think are going, so it's just going to be a fun, mm-hmm. fun set of days and a weekend, really. That's just yeah. going to be so good. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, in chat, uh, they were like, are, are we going to do a meetup? And I think we'll try yeah. to do something. I usually try to tweet, like, I'm going to be here if you want to, like, hang out for an hour while I'm waiting for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, – we have a group in the discord that specifically is like how to coordinate some kind of a meetup. So if you, mm-hmm. if you want to hang out with Lucian and I, for sure, yep. we'll be there. For sure. Um, Lucian, let's, I, I guess we haven't talked about games in a while. I feel like a lot of stuff, uh, we've been busy and we were gone and things like that. So what, mm-hmm. um, amazing dungeon of the mad mage stuff are you doing? Yeah. So we're, we're down, God, it seems like we're down a level 11 and 12 of the Mad Mage's dungeon themselves. And Halister, <clears throat> spoilers, has definitely carved out the middle of his Mad Dungeon with lots of drow. <laughs> so I, I keep thinking, too, when you want to run your drow game, you should pick the book. I know you have it, but just read those sections. Oh, it starts. And it's like them. around level yeah. 9 through 11. And just there's a really cool thing going on with some drow factions that are fighting and the players are kind of stumbling into what's going on and and what's happening Um, and just might give you some really cool ideas. And so it's interesting as we delve deeper and we're seeing some of the more crazy stuff start to be thrown against us, bigger spells, bigger abilities that we haven't seen before. Um we, you know, getting closer and closer to the edge of somebody dying and having them bring him back up. And so we're really getting into the meat of some of the big, big stuff. But it's been really fun to continue diving and delving into Halister's Mad Mage. And we've kind of still um, have conjoined it with a Ack Inc. overarching kind of thing where that's who we work for. We're a franchise of them in Waterdeep. And so there's this, that kind of is like everything that has to do with our out of session game is that piece. And then the in session game is this, we're diving through Halister's fun maze of craziness. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting and it's fun to have gotten through this, but it's long too. It is a slog. So you got to really have a certain set of types of player in dungeon master. I think that want to run this over and over crawl right dungeon mm-hmm. crawl go through this hallway go through that hallway check for noise at yeah and kind of i think i was talking thing. about this with dm nathan because he was running it when he had his old job with a bunch of people mm-hmm. and they loved it because they were all kind of uh and not just stereotype but they were older D players that grew yeah. up in dungeon crawls so yeah. they were just like all about this. Like they thought it was like, oh no, you just got to go around that corner. But I know other people that are like, and even Nathan was just kind of like, it's just Where's like a story? lot of exploration. <laughs> yeah, like what's the point? Yeah. There's not a story um, here. No, there's but not. We it's want treasure. <laughs> if you like treasure and combat and stuff, I mean that yeah. that was Dungeons and Dragons for quite a while. So yeah, and. I think it's in some ways. I think an equivalent for some of you out there might be like a Diablo where. Diablo, it does have a story if you want to follow what that story is. But so many people play Diablo because it was a the the level would reset and you could go in and you could try to get bigger and better gear and level your yeah. character up and get to that next ability. There was a That's reason Diablo people replayed the story about, over and, and over. And you play it yeah. over and over. Yeah, the story could be pretty good. You can have your opinion on what, what was good or bad about it. And it's really kind of on the side. 
but it was really about the 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 fighting and the action and, mm-hmm. the, and the mechanics of it and i think you're right our group is a, a older group of D players that um love the combat like we don't care if we have two or three sessions that are really one combat just because it's been so long we've been in initiative order for that long whereas many other people would say, well, I didn't get a chance to really role play anything, or I didn't, we didn't get a chance to have any big conversations with big bad guys or characters, or right? NPCs, yeah, mysterious NPCs, and there was no mysteries to solve. We're just swinging swords and you know slinging spells and stuff. So, it is definitely a very certain type of style. So make sure before you do that um, that you're aware of that. But if that's what you like, um, it is so good, and. Uh, we're getting some cool magic items that are starting to get into the mix and um, it's been really fun. So we've, that's on Tuesday nights with our Australian dungeon master from down under. Um, he also had COVID a couple weeks ago. That was one of the reasons we didn't play on one. And then we were finally back and that's what we played this, this past. And we got our butts kicked in a, in a big battle of it started out really nice and strong but then more and more creatures kept coming out and the, the action counter kept going up and all of a sudden here, there here's seven, you know, crossbow bolts. Here's 12 of this. Here's, and all of a sudden you start getting those hits when you're rolling that many dice, your AC doesn't keep you away from getting some hits there. And so we started taking a beating and then it was this weird Dungeons Dragons has the one thing that I don't think many other games have to deal with, which is swingy dice. I think most other games, and when you talk about mechanics, and this is a mechanics discussion again, just tie it back to the start of the show. When you're talking about D6 systems and you're talking about some of the other ones that have strayed from D20, one of the big reasons behind that is controlling the number swing better and having more control over success and failure in the game and being able to be more predictable based on what you want your game to do. Because so many people realized the D20 was just like, it can it can throw everything up. You can have every skill you need. You can have every advantage you need, and you roll that one, <laughs> you know. Or, and then the next minute you roll a twenty, and you're chopping somebody's head off, and then you're fumbling, and then you're like, it's just really super swinging. We saw that in our game where our dungeon master is rolling low, rolling low, rolling low, and at the end of the session, all of a sudden his dice turn on fire. And he's wrecking us, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, and we're like, "Retreat, retreat, fall back!" You know, it's just like, and so it's interesting to have something like that. But I think it makes for good stories sometimes too, because it's just unpredictable. You think you know how strong you are, you think you know how things are going to go, and then all of a sudden the dice prove you wrong, and you're like, "Oh my god, here we go!" Yeah. So a player missed three death saves. You know, the only reason we got him back is we are high enough now that you know revivification is a is a thing, you know, so we can actually bring people back. Um, but it's been really fun. And he streams that every Tuesday and it's good. So I think it was really cool. Cool. The other thing I was doing, um, some of you may have seen some pictures is I went to my game store after last week's show Mm -hmm. and I picked up a few things that were really cool. I probably won't hold it up because the way I have my screen at the moment, but here we go. Nice. They had the they had the role the GI Joe game was there. They had the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers one. They didn't have the third one. I think is the I think they're doing Transformers with this group. Yeah, I think it's the same kind of core system from my understanding. Yeah. So, but I don't know if the Transformers one is out. But yeah, that it might not be. It wasn't on the shelf, so I wasn't sure. It is licensed by Hasbro, so they have the license from Hasbro, which is interesting that they allow other systems and other companies to still use properties that they own instead of just making, you know, like, Oh, cause this is renegade. Okay. Yeah. And they use an essence 20 role-playing system. This is one I've been seeing. Um, this is what I think of as like, um, deadlands or some of those other ones. It's a D 20 plus skill dice. Mm-hmm. And the skill dice is depending on what kind of skill you are and what level you might have a D two, a D four, a D six, a D eight, a D twelve, and you roll those two dice together to get over a difficulty score. Yeah. So that's one that I've seen out there. That's um, the other one that's like that. I think is we were talking about it last week too. Was um, well, Deadlands was the one I was thinking of. But there's a there's a game system that that's based on. I don't think they they call it Essence Twenty, but this is what Renegade no, Studio this is a theirs. this is a new one that they're trying to create. Um, yeah. 
and we'll we'll see where it goes. I haven't played it. Um, yeah. Maybe it's Cortex that you were thinking of, not Cortex. Uh, what's the Dragon Prince one? Is that Dragon Prince was the other one? It was on the shelf. I didn't buy it. I almost yeah. got it because then we could talk about the mechanics of that one too. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to get into the mechanics of what that one looked like. Modifius is the two D twenty system. Um, and I'm thinking of. Do I have one over there? No, I don't have one on my shelf at the moment. Um, Genesis, it's not the Genesis system. Oh, I'm forgetting. But it's it's one of the ones where you have a skill dice that is different. Mm-hmm. And you can do bennies and you can do poker chips and things with it sometimes in that system. People will know in chat what I'm talking about, I'm sure. <laughs> it's been out for a while. And it has a lot of different genres based off that system mm-hmm. um so it was just an interesting d d system because we've seen like some of the other ones that are interesting too is like there's been some star wars dice mechanics out there where you roll dice but they create dice with certain faces on them that have symbols and they almost form a story when you roll the symbols mm-hmm. of things that you know you have a success but it was gained that success was gained with some type of cost, you know, or, or you, or you added something in, or you can pay it forward or, you know, lots of these mechanics that are um, using some of the different dice systems, Mm -hmm. but it seems like it's all kind of around or a 2d6 system or 2d6 plus stat, you know, those are, those are the kinds of things. So I thought it was really cool. Now this book, G.I. Joe, man, the artwork, if you love eighties cartoons, the artwork in here is great. Mm -hmm. They have 80 of the G.I. Joe characters, that you would know and love. But in the book, it talks about the actual franchise over the years that you may not know. There's hundreds and hundreds of referenced GI Joe and Cobra and all of that stuff. And they only put so many in this book and they allow you to build your own and have mechanics to do your own thing. And I thought it was a really cool thing. Uh, So far, the system has been interesting. It's a little like cipher in some ways where you have, um, something like edge that allows you to move your difficulty level around, but they call it a dice ladder where you can say, normally I have a D four in this skill, but there's an advantage I've got because of a situation or a piece of equipment or Mm -hmm. something's going on. So now I'm going to get a D six just for this situation, even though normally I'm a D four. So yeah, kind of a Jeep, you know, like a dungeon crawl classics dice chain thing. So instead of advantage, you would roll a D 24 instead of a D 20 kind of a thing. Yeah. And then they do, they have their own version of like a take the highest or add another 20 in so you get to roll mm. an additional 20 or, and then take the lowest. So they do some of that advantage, disadvantage stuff and they have their own names for it. Um, so very interesting. It's interesting going through the book and reading their mechanics. Cause is there I've a also game, been, is there a story too, or is it just kind of mechanics? Like, is there an adventure? They have adventures okay. and basically you're going after Cobra. Yeah. You are a organization that has formed to combat the rise of cobra and that is that story it's not that you couldn't change it as a dungeon master or use it for something else but that's what the book is based on and they've also added in that you're not just um soldiers from the american um either retired you know military or part of military but there's also you know service and other country um, militaries that are represented in there too so they started to add some more of that inclusivity than it just being, you know, the the G.I. Joe, the American G.I. Joe. Because it really the slogan is, you know, a real American hero is the is the slogan. But they wanted to they wanted to expand that and they talk about that in the book. So it's really good. But the artwork is fantastic. They have all the vehicles, mm. the equipment, the characters are nice and condensed. You know, you can play Lady Jane or a Hawk or any of the any of the roadblock and just all these cool characters that you can remember. Gung Ho and you know, and I just could just the inner eight-year-old cackles with glee thinking about this game. And because I always wanted the aircraft carrier toy for my parents to buy, you know, and I wanted mm-hmm. all the figures and I wanted all the, the Jeeps and the tanks and the helicopters and the, and the F-14 Tomcat plane, you know, that's relevant because Top Gun's out again. And so it's, it's super fun. And I would love to see what a game like this. I'm looking, I'm hoping to maybe see if at Gen Con, I can find a game to sit in on and see if somebody's running it at Gen Con, one of these systems. So either like play some Dragon Prince, play some G.I. Joe, or play some Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or if they the, if the Transformer one is out or the Transformer one. 
I've got so many, like you do, I know this happens to you quite often too, where you have so many mechanics in your head because you're reading so many different books that you bought or kickstarted. So like I've been reading Pathfinder and I'm learning all those rules, but then I was looking at this rule set and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting rule set. And then I was looking at Modifius as I was back on my aliens. Yeah. They all kind of bleed together. I'm just like, okay. What am I doing here? I got to I got to pick one. I got to re- remember one. And then I've got all my D&D that just never goes away it seems like and that's always in there. And so. eventually I I same with Invisible Sun when we finally played that. Like I had read those books yeah. back and forth and was still just like, what am am I doing this right? It wasn't mm-hmm. until we actually started playing and rolling dice that the system finally clicked. And so yeah. I I feel like that that needs to be my new go-to like Step mm-hmm. one, I need to make a character so I know how a character is <laughs> yeah. made. And then step two, I need to like actually have a challenge. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Do um, a skill, do a fight. What is what did that No, I was like? looking at the Cortex system really quick. Um Cortex, and it's yeah. it's the same kind of thing as the uh fantasy flight game Star Wars and stuff, I I think, where you Story dice. No. Um well yeah, in a way, but you have D sixes to resolve challenges. Uh, Mm -hmm. But on top of that, your skills have other dice. So I might be good Uh, at... Big old dice. um, Yeah, so I have like a D12 in this skill. So Mm -hmm. I get a roll, you know, my D6s for that, but I also roll a D12. And then you're trying to beat the the, um, GM's roll as well, so... Got it. Yeah, in, in... I would... And I was thinking about this all week. I kept thinking, I'm gonna type over to, to Jordan. I would say, Jordan... What GI Joe do you want to make? Like I'm just getting so excited reading all of it, but I know you're you know you're practicing your lines, you're you're doing your shows, and I'm just saying I'm not going. to Hey, July, I'll be. I want to do more stuff in July, <laughs> and that's actually a show I want to do on the Jocular Junction channel. I want to just, just be like, let's make a character for this game system, yeah, and it'll that. be a learning experience both for me and for the viewers. But the whole idea is like, I don't know, like how does this work? Let's make yeah, a character. We know, maybe like, we don't. and then you can watch it and be like, wow, that was confusing because Jordan didn't <laughs> understand it or like, wow, yeah. Jordan, I got it. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I, I still want to do that. I just, uh, mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun with this play though. Don't get me, like I haven't been yeah, out I in a long it. time. So like, <laughs> this has been really good. So yeah. So but what about Jordan's? I took up a bunch of time there. So oh, you're, Jordan yeah. played some games. Yeah, well, I have it. That's the thing. Oh, um, that's the problem. <laughs> so Tell us about I, all your video games then. I know you're playing those at night. I see, oh, I, see I you am. Jumping on. Yeah. I bought Disco Elysium. Have you oh, heard of yeah, that? Oh, yeah. I heard. Yes. It's, a, it's, it's is an isometric cool. point-and-click adventure story game. Um, and uh, Lots of raves about it. Oh, so good. I was I was surprised at how good it is like mm-hmm. i shouldn't be surprised um has some adult themes there's like a lot of violence and a lot of uh uh drugs and alcohol and stuff like that but um mm-hmm. very very good uh and i love those kind of story games like that so i've been playing that on my tv at night um but the idea is that you wake up with amnesia and you're just like where am i how did i get here so you start asking questions and people are like well you're a cop and you're like oh am am i a good cop like (laughs) you're like i don't know anything (laughs) and then you finally call back to the dispatch and they're like what do you mean you don't have your badge where's your gun you're like oh wait i had a gun with me so the whole thing is a mystery and i'm trying to like figure out this mystery but i'm having a lot of fun and that also uses dice rolls so um you succeed on uh it's a it's really a what's the word um powered by the apocalypse because it's a 2d6 system with your augmented abilities and uh a lot of times they'll tell you like you have a 20 percent chance of succeeding on this but if you roll two sixes you do succeed so that's why that 20 percent chance comes in and it's like kind of can roll the dice and live with your consequences so that's been a lot of fun um uh, oh, I have not read the book that it is based on. I didn't know it was based on a book, so I, I'll have to check that out. Um, other than that, uh, we're talking about getting the Hot Springs Island Dungeon Crawl Classics game to resume in July. Um, so my players, we have like a Facebook group, and they're trying to figure out a day that works for most people. I don't think I'm going to get everybody back, uh, but mm-hmm. because it's just like, well, really, guys, like Thursday is the best day for us kind of a thing. So we'll see. Um, and then I was talking with, uh, DM Nathan and crew and they were kind of asking me like, well, what about that Eberron game you were trying to run? And I was like, yeah, I was kind of like waiting for you guys to make characters. So I knew what direction I wanted to take the story in. 
and where I wanted to start it. Because I didn't want to start an Eberron game with the idea of, hey, you guys are all uh, summoned by the king, and they want you to get on a quest. You're a ragtag group of something or other. Like, I wanted to establish friendships and things ahead of time so that mm-hmm. that session one is like, here's here's how you know each other. Yeah, we have um, some history. Yeah, yeah and I, I just, I guess I've never tried a, a show like that or a, a game like that, because usually players are like, well, I here's the game I want to make, or here's the character I want to make, and yeah. then I fit them in somehow. And I was like, no, let's do some restrictions and actually make it a little more interesting. You need to pick up masks I do. for Magpie, and you need to just go at the front of the book and, and run it exactly the way the book says to run it, because you sit your players down, you put the character sheets out in front, but then you have them start talking about which one they would like, but then they have to tie in each other and then they have to help you build the world. Yeah. And then you play for three hours. So hour one of your four hour session is character building group, how dynamics and what are the mechanics of the world we're about to to run in. Mm -hmm. And then, then we're going to play an adventure with three hours within that world. I think you would really love that experience. Well, no. And that's kids on bikes though, too. Like yeah, you sit down exactly. and everyone's like, I think I want to be the loner weirdo. I think I want to be the math person. I think I want to be this yeah. kid. And then we're like, but actually, I'm your big brother. And yeah. like, you figure that out. And I really like that. And then you create the world and stuff. So I do like that a lot. Um, yeah. I've just never done it in a D&D game because usually people have the build that they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay, I'm going to like insert that in. Uh, Especially so, D&D. D&D is oh, very, yeah. every player I get with D&D. They have a list of characters so that when you say, hey, I'm going to do this campaign, <laughs> they're flipping through the one they want to play because they've thought about this character outside of everything. But in your mind as a DM, you want them to think about a character that fits in the campaign you're creating. Not, yeah. Not, hey, pick one out of your, your list. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I've been that player, too, where I'm like, OK, this time I get to play. I know I'm playing my Eric Okra because that's how I'm playing. It doesn't matter what we're doing. I want to play this exactly, Eric Okra yeah. whatever. <laughs> so. It doesn't fit in my draw game, Lucian. I know, but I'm an Eric Okra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that being said, which is kind of really funny, is I was talking to them about like, yeah, so if you guys have some ideas, like start thinking about ideas now. And um, three of the potential uh, five players, I think, sent me character builds almost immediately. And one of them was DM Nathan. He was just like, here's what I really want to play. And I was like, okay. But he was really good. He went and researched a lot of the Eberron. He's like, I want to be from this region, if that's okay. How many Warforged? Um, one Warforged so far. Oh, of course. But he's like, I want to be a, uh, I think it's a half-elf dragon-marked character uh, who is a war. warlock. And, and I was kind of talking like, well, do you, because the cool thing about Eberron is the dragon marks give you magic. Yeah. And you can reflavor that to be, this is how I have all of my magic. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to play, like, a sorcerer or a warlock or, uh, I guess, maybe not a wizard, but, like, uh, a cleric. Like, you could say, I'm a cleric that has this healing dragon mark. I don't worship a god, but all of my clerical energy comes from that dragon mark. Like, you could say that. Mm-hmm. So I was asking Nathan if he wanted to have his... Uh, dragon mark be the power for his warlock abilities and he's like no i think i've made a pact to like Mm -hmm. get out of the tricky situation that i'm in so now i'm like researching fiends but this is honestly all i want like what i wanted because it's it's reignited my interest in the campaign and i'm now like fitting things together um and then uh jason i think wants to be a rogue and he wanted to be from a similar area so i'm gonna have him and nathan i want to have a like a either a friendship or a rivalry that they know mm-hmm. of each other kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one of the other players, AJ, wants to be a a bard or a warforged bard who is uh, oh, was idea. basically like an instrument in the military band. Right. And I was like, okay. And so I think we're going to have him be it. from – he's very open about what – he just kind of likes this idea. So I'm working with him on a backstory. But I think we're going to have him be from Seer, which is now the Mornland, because the Day of Mourning has destroyed that entire continent. So you have this, like, I was never really made for war. I was made for, like, a military parade. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the nation that I'm supposed to military parade is gone. How do I fit into this world? Not only as a warforged, but as mm-hmm. somebody that like I I never really there fought. are no military parades. Yeah, and like the the co- the country that I was like associated yeah. with is no longer a country. Uh, and cool. so that is the beauty of Eberron to me. Is like you start talking like that, and you can fit in these really interesting characters. And I'm gonna go one step further. That's the beauty of all role-playing games. Because you're at the point... Well, it is, We talked about this before. The very beginning of the campaign, as everybody's thinking about their characters and you're thinking about the stories, for all Dungeon Masters out there or for all of those who are thinking about doing it, this is your most exciting point because this is when all of the creativity is really flowing. This is the best, yeah. But also circling back to why I like pre-made adventures and pre-made worlds is, Mm -hmm. like, this is... I, I, if I was just designing my own thing, I'd be like, I don't know. like, And, yeah. and that's maybe just like not my strong suit is coming up with stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like researching Eberron, love it. And then taking that and being like, oh, man, like this is how you fit in. You know, going back to the dark of Hot Springs Island, uh, which Zris was pointing out that there isn't there a Kickstarter for that going on right now. And there is. That so. Is true. Um, the man who wrote uh, The Dark of Hot Springs Island and A Field Guide to Hot Springs Island, they're doing a reprint of Hot Springs Island. So if you want to pick it up, you can. I highly recommend it. I love it. It's system neutral. <laughs> you can use it for whatever fantasy role-playing system you want. Um, but they have, they're adding another island in that Kickstarter. Uh-huh. So they're expanding the number of islands within the Hot Springs Island universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should check it out. Hot Springs Archipelago. Yeah, well, it, it's hearing. a Hot Springs Island is one <laughs> yeah. of them, and then there's another island that's like this other island. There's a giant nice. crocodile on that island. It's pretty cool. So uh, I, I, I'm excited. I, I love the dark of Hot Springs Island. So, um, yeah. but going back with the dark of Hot Springs Island, that is very much like you showed up on an island, and it's like okay, survive. And so with that one, I'm like, I don't really care what you guys want to play because we're just going to be on an island running around. Mm-hmm. But my Rod of Seven Parts game, I was very particular, like, what part of the realms are you from? How are yeah. you guys fitting in here? And so I like that aspect of it a lot. But you're right. This is the beginning phases of a campaign where you get really excited about mm-hmm. just the, the, the raw potential, potential you have. Possibility yeah. and, and deep cuts into lore that you're bringing in and, and that characters can represent and you can kind of see. You know, everything can go off the rails weeks and weeks and weeks from now, sessions and sessions and sessions around. And you might just get stuck or not know what to do. But right now is that point of, I love it so much because you there's and you're, it's not just your creativity, but it's their creativity coming together and you're Mm -hmm. all making something that sounds really cool and and seems to fit really cool. And you wish Netflix would pick it up as a show and (laughs) have some cool animation studio animate it for you. Cause it's all running in your head. Like this would be the coolest Saturday morning cartoon ever. If we just had this going, you know? Yeah. I love so, uh, Eberron's really good, and I like it <laughs> that I'm going to have these questions that I'll be able to ask my players, because mm-hmm. granted, some of my players are just like, I like this build, I want to play this build, but then while we're playing, I'm excited to be like, so, you know, like, what did you do during the last war? And like, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect you visiting this country? Like, or this, you know, yeah, this country, like, did you... Mm-hmm inadvertently supply military weapons to the opposing force. How are they going to look at you when you walk in? Like, what did you do? Oh yeah. You know, as a smuggler for this, like that has ramifications. Um, And I, so I'm excited for stuff like that. So we'll see where this goes. Um, A lot of that group have had scheduling conflicts, which is the bane of every (laughs) DM existence. (laughs) Um, It's it's a DC 30 creature that you have. Yeah. So we're, we're still trying to organize a way for us to play the game. Nathan's trying to run the black company game that I haven't been a part of for the last six weeks because I've been in rehearsals in a show. Um, and I feel bad because they've been doing really cool stuff and I hear about it and I'm like, I wish I was there. So we're trying to organize that. And we're also trying to now organize this Eberron game, but I've also got this DCC game. So, you know, where you're, you're playing nothing. And then all of a sudden now you're playing like four times a week. So, and then I want LB and Ted and Lex want me to do, uh, the rod of seven parts crew back together for another game. There's an eighth part to the rod and nobody knew it. That adventure's (laughs) over. Uh, the new one we want to run is the great Modron March. 
so oh, gotcha. oh that would be fun there you go get send them to sigil exactly well they're already at sigil at the end of the show they they uh, wound up yeah. there so now it's the perfect place to start so it'll be fun very cool i want to drop a bombshell on you boom or at least in my head i've been thinking about like you've been thinking about um short rpgs little contests little things and that's always about thinking about we have our pretty established way we play games and sometimes you like to think what would we do if we change something really fundamental about it and then what would that look like if somebody built a system off of that or based off that i want to throw something at you that we could talk about when we come back in two weeks okay what about if you design the game and there are two dungeon masters that run the sessions like together or alternate sessions but no, no, no together they're a team that run the game I know that um, Jerry Holkins and Chris Perkins did that on an Acquisitions Incorporated game once. Yeah, they they co sat next to each other and made some kind of adventure where they were co DMing. But, but I don't thinking, know if it would work. Like, I mean, right? We'll talk I think about at it, first but... a lot of people do that, but I also think the system would be built and meant for it. So, like when you open the book of the TTRPG, you're like, okay, you have your friends around the table. Now choose two people to be this group, and then these. T- people will be the players or the the adventurers or the whatever. And I think there are some really cool things you could do dynamic wise with two people that are helping the system run, helping the show run, doing the voices, doing, and even can be involved in certain types of dice rolls and battles and NPCs and things that are happening you're expanding that role of the person who has so much to do anyways, but what if there were two people that could do that? I do like that. If you ever listen to the Dragon Friends uh, D&D podcast, they're an Australian... Uh, they're a bunch of Australian comedians that play D&D, and I really enjoy their show. Uh, it's a podcast. You can find it. Um, they hand out NP... Like, the DM is the DM, and he describes everything, and he dictates the dice rolls, but when there's a conversation to happen between an NPC, he picks another player and says, oh, you're going to be that NPC cool. to have an interaction with this person. So the players not only are their characters, but they get to play other other roles. Um, and it's uh, it works very well for them. And right. I've That's wanted cool. to be in a game like that as well, where all <laughs> of the... I can dictate, like, well, I don't want to be this char- – I don't want to be all of the characters, but, like, right. how about, you know, every time Sir Wiggles comes on, you get to play mm-hmm. Sir Wiggles. He doesn't fight. He doesn't do anything else. He's just that. But, like, they, they add to the story very well, and it's it's funny. It's really good. So. That's cool. So that was the thing I was thinking of when we were talking Double about, DMs. like, building – Yeah, like, so if you just – so what you're doing is you're changing the mechanic of – there's usually one DM and say three players. If you if the four is the the agreed upon you know number, what it would is if it's two and two or if it's two mm-hmm. and five or something. What what could you do then? And what would even changing dice mechanics and rules to support that? Not just be hey we're going to run this system that's meant for one DM, but we're both going to do it. I mean the system actually supports it and there's mechanics for it too. Yeah, there are because we're talking about mechanics like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that'd be a very cool, fun yeah, I don't know. conversation. It, you'd have to have the right personalities because sure, so many people would be like, no, that's not what happens. We already have that right now where players are like, I jump off the chandelier and a DM's like, there's not a chandelier in this room, you know? Right. So you have to have the right people who are like, eh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I think there's some interesting things there. So I would... Oh, so. I think uh, our early show is about, you know, we've never ended at 1230. It's weird. I'm looking at my clock thinking we still got 30 minutes to talk about games. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's it's about it's that time to go that. as I have to <laughs> go take care of some, some yeah. chilling. Uh, and by that, I mean one child. But yes. And Savage Worlds was the one I was trying to remember the name of. Savage oh, Deadlands, Savage Worlds. Yeah, because yeah. that's what you were talking about. Yep. That's what I was talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Take us out, Jordan. Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I'm a little surprised nobody in chat is worried about Lucian and that mind flare behind you who is about to attack. But uh, (laughs) anyway. Um, Spoilers. We will be not back next week because Lucian will be out. Maybe I can get Kugo on again. We'll see. 
uh, or, or for the first time. But or I could live stream store. from the game store, which would be kind of fun. Um, but Kugo would be cool too. I'd love yeah. to see a show with Kugo. Maybe, uh, maybe I will. I don't. I have to test live streaming from my phone. If anything, maybe I can record from my phone and then upload it later. But that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll do something. Very cool. Um, and then yeah, stay tuned in July because of July I think I'm gonna ramp up content and it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot more games and stuff going on and, and good conversations. Uh, check out Free RPG Day next week. And with that, we'll see you. Uh, in a couple weeks, if not before. Take care, everybody. Thanks for watching today.